0: Rockstar's new GTA Plus subscription service. You'll hear a bit of rain in the background. It stops after a minute or so. Introducing GTA Plus for GTA Online, a new membership program exclusively on PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series XS, providing easy access to a range of valuable benefits for both new and long-standing players on the latest generation consoles. So a breakdown of what they receive. Money in the game. So you're trading real money for fake money. Cool. Um, some upgrade uh, Some other upgrade, some other upgrade, some other upgrade basically stuff that you get You know if you just buy shark cards Apparently also you're going to get any new vehicles like a week before anyone else There's a special selection of bonuses and stuff only available to you There is no reason why Rockstar needed a paywall for any of this my response was The guy who thinks up ways to make people disgusted with Rockstar is working overtime lately. Game isn't even free to play, costs $20 without single player in June, costs $40 with single player. So a pay to play 9 year old game with subscription, with microtransactions, and some of the least frequent laziest updates in the industry. We have not gotten a new area chat in 9 years. Would be one thing if this game was still getting heaps of support and needs an influx of cash to make that justifiable with a waning player base, but online has a skeleton crew doing the bare minimum. This is what cheap MMOs do to milk its players at the end of its life. I can't wait for them to add like pay to win shit, exclusive stuff that you can only get through cash shops and stuff, because that's where this is going. And they're charging, what was it, like six bucks a month or something? Are they doing this as another reason to try to inspire people to get the game? On PlayStation Five, it's surprising to me how well the PlayStation Five, Xbox Series X S version did, considering that most people don't have those consoles. And if you transfer your character to those versions of GT Online, you can't use your character in the old versions anymore. So you like leave your friends behind. I mean, a genius move by I know Microsoft and Sony, I suppose. There's probably more Sony, where they're like, look. When one cat one person moves their character and doesn't realize that they can't play with their friends anymore all their friends will have to buy PlayStation 5s or whatever to be able to play again Forcing friends to buy a PlayStation 5 exactly. It's just so garbage This game is making so much fucking money, but so much fucking money is not enough They want to do the bare minimum for the maximum amount of money once upon a time Companies would be like, we need to maintain some good public image. We can't do shit like this. Rockstar take through the dish. Don't care. They just don't care. I believe companies have like Continued to push the boundaries of what people will accept as in like, okay Here's the line of what com- people will accept without massive outrage without boycotts and shit They go a little bit further than that. Then if they get some outrage they go back They try again. They go back. They try again. They, try again, they, go, back, they go back. They try again and eventually like someone's willing to take the blunt of the criticism, and then that's the new line that everyone has to not hit. And then everyone moves there, and then another company takes a hit, and then everyone moves there. And we slowly move to this point where it's just accepted that every single company is gonna have like every form of possible revenue generation in their game. It certainly helps when like clearly the player base has always communicated to Rockstar like you can do whatever the fuck you want we'll still play your game. Like every single time they release like a, a pine cone on the ground and then re-release the entire game, it is the best-selling game for the month. There's just not enough competition. If you want the open-world third-person shooter thing, GT Online is basically all you got. No one wants to compete. Limitations are good for creativity. New pet peeve of mine, chat. Just coincidentally, I've heard this opinion expressed like multiple times over the course of the week. I have no idea how that ended up happening, because I hadn't heard it to that degree of frequency in a long time. But it's the idea that limitations, even significant ones, are good for creativity. And they'll go, look at this huge production with hundreds of millions of dollars in their budget, and the movie ended up shit. But look at this other movie that had like 10 bucks, and it was so amazing. Look at how, if just having, if just your your budget is too large, then the, the, the content's gonna be shit. But if you have a small budget you know the people got to be creative and and they use everything to its maximal degree uh to get things done it's going to have a much better end result so they ignore the countless endless thousands if not let's go millions over the course of, of time projects that have died in their early stages due to not having a large enough budget or being restricted by limitations that they literally can't solve and they they ignore all the things that came to market that were stifled because of limitations, and they only look at the successful things that, where, where people have creatively gotten around limitations, and go, go, see, look at all that creativity that came from these limitations. And then all the things with huge budgets, they look at or, or, like, lots of talent, lots of resources, very few limitations. They just ignore all the successful ones and only grab for the, for the ones that try to fit their point, right? It's, uh, it's dumb. The amount of times a game has like released and people have been like, man, they worked on that for too long. They had too much money. They had too much talent working on this project. They just had too many resources. If only they had had less resources, then this game would have been so much better. This is not a common thing. Normally the case is, man, they needed some more time in the oven. They needed more budget. They needed more people. They needed more time it is certainly the case that in some situations there have been limitations of like hardware or you know time resources whatever and people have creatively found ways around these limitations but it's more often than not that these limitations are just unsolvable and we never get to see the end project we never get to see the end product or it's just worse for them you know it just annoys me uh This idea that we're denying ourselves the peak of creativity because we don't restrict creative people to the bare minimum of what is possible. The more resources you have, the more you can create. The more finite your tools, the more finite the amount of things that can be created from what you have. Too many options causes issues too, but when does that ever happen? No one exists with unlimited resources. Unlimited time. Everything has limitations to some degree. Small budget projects that break through are objectively good because they break through. If they were bad, they wouldn't even release. Yeah. It's more the case that you simply need the right allocation of resources for the scope of the project that you're trying to make. If what you want to create requires this many resources, that's how many resources you should probably have. Not This many, to create as many limitations as possible, where you've got to now try and cram all this into here. You can have more than that, which means you can still create what you want, but then you have all this, which can be a distraction or can be simply wasteful. The idea that creativity benefits from having less than what you need to create what you want is just silly to me. Brandon Sanderson's crazy Kickstarter. Brandon Sanderson is a very prolific author. He's one of the best-selling fantasy authors of all time. And he writes just a staggering amount of books. More books than like anyone. Except maybe like, I know, Stephen King or someone. And he made a weekly update where he's like, guys, I've been keeping a secret for a long time. It's to do with my mental health and stuff. Uh, I'm going to make a video tomorrow talking about it. Uh, be sure to watch it. And then he makes this video where he looks so serious. And he's like, it's time to come clean. And it starts like this, huh? I have been lying to you. And it is time for me to admit the truth because i accidentally wrote an extra novel in secret i apologize i couldn't help myself like like in the in the previous video as well he's i'm like oh my god is he dying is he is he gonna have to quit or like is he got family issues or, and he's just but it's it gets even better because he didn't write just one book he wrote like four books or something and then the whole video breaks down like how he did this, why it happened, like how, how he dealt with the pandemic by writing these books. And like because And it's just a very, very funny concept. But what's more interesting for you guys is this. He did a Kickstarter and it's made $16 million in a day. So ultimately he wrote five books, four of which he's releasing through this Kickstarter, and he made $16 million. So that's, that's in Australian money. So he's made... 11 million USD, in a day. So what he's offering here is like, the books, as they get released, will be sent to you. And they'll release once every three months or something. So over the course of the year, you will receive these four new Brandon Sanderson books. And his fans were like, yes, whoa, son, to the, tu- to the tune of $11 million. It's now 33 million USD or 44 million AUD. They had a goal of $1 million. I can't wait until this is discussed on their podcast because that's just crazy but what a cool way to hype up such a release (laughs) but that's what i mean where like most authors struggle to get a book out in a year or struggle to get a book out every two years brandon seneson while writing his other books and keeping up with those obligations wrote another five books four of which are now being released here that's crazy (laughs) the anti george rahman basically yeah I mean, if you want to watch his breakdown of it, but yeah, like, he's got like the rest of the books here. (laughs) Uh, Feel free to go watch it. Yeah, so Brandon Sanderson is the author I'm currently reading. I'm up to his second book in his Mistborn series. I think there's like seven books and I'm really enjoying it. Bull's torture. Right now guys, there seems to be a modder who is set up so that he sends a multiplayer invite to like, I think it's basically everyone. When they come online and the name is balls torture like it's just one message it says balls torture i first heard about it on reddit and now like whenever i log into my game to record some footage even in single player it'll just go balls torture <laughs> it doesn't need to be targeting anyone specifically it's just everyone you get a multiplayer invite from them in closed crew session periodically what a dumb vulnerability to have in your game after eight years, you know? Red Dead Redemption 2 is specifically designed to annoy me. You think Red Dead Redemption 2 is a masterpiece? I needed, or I still need, a particular line from the game. Okay, a particular line. But it turns out Red Dead Redemption 2 doesn't have a Rockstar Editor. It was something they were working on but never implemented into the game. Worse than this, the mods that you use to like get a character say a line, The line I want isn't one of the lines that can be said. Worse than this, in Red Dead Redemption 2, if you press the button to look at your character, your character turns their head to the side and like runs like this. And so you're the camera, he's like... So you can never have a front-on view of your character when he's talking. And when you talk to another character, the camera spins So I can't get a front-on picture of the character saying this particular line, which he says is a greeting to another character. Like, it's just this one particular line that I need, but every aspect of Red Dead Redemption 2 prevents me from having it in the quality that I want. Can you no clip? Apparently not. Like, all camera mods do not enable you to fix this issue. The person working on it for me is a Red Dead Redemption 2 speedrunner. It's crazy that may sound. It's a good dude, though. Uh demo me, you may know from chat. That doesn't make it a bad game? Of course it doesn't make it a bad game. I'm just saying, it is imp- impressive to me that every single thing that I want from that game, it is unable to give me. Even the tiny things. You know? It's almost as though the game was specifically designed in a way so that every single bit of value that I would want from it, either from a personal or business standpoint, was literally impossible. My new This Is What You Miss series. So as you may have seen on YouTube, I've got this new series, uh, This Is What You Missed. And it's me just putting together all the live streams I've done that can't be made into edited footage, either because there's not enough footage or there's something wrong with the footage or it, it just wouldn't make sense as an edited video. And the videos I've done, okay. I'm not sure to what extent they really benefit from being premieres on YouTube. Especially because most people's chat is simply, oh my god, is this live or is it, a, or is it a Premiere? It's kind of weird. As well, the quality of Premiere seems to be very low. And I'm trying to figure out with YouTube why that is. They keep swearing to me black and blue. They're not meant to be live streams. It's just meant to be videos. So it should be normal quality, but it's not. I get a lot of conflicting information on this, but at the very least it is restricted to 1080p. There is no 1440p. It's like 1080p, 3k bitrate, and I'm arguing with them to find out why that is. But regardless, I'm gonna keep doing this, and I can do like a whole batch of footage a day. It's fairly easy content to make. So I'm going through my old footage to find more of this stuff. And so I tried to do Doki Doki Literature Club yesterday, and I was like, this is some pretty good footage. It's a shame it's not gonna be edited, but at least it'll finally get out there. Because I did it in like 2017. So I usually just edit the beginning. And so I started editing it, and I'm like, I can't release this unedited, so I, d- I just spent, like, the next hour <laughs> editing the first 10 minutes or something. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I didn't put the text fast enough, so when I went to read it, I would wait for the text to generate and then read. I'll, uh, give an example, huh? He's weird logic and dismiss the conversation. Yuri... Re- See how long of there's a wait- a long of a wait there until it all comes up and I speak? ...on Suki's weird logic and dismiss the conversation. Yuri returns to the table, carrying a tea set. She carefully placed- And like, so there's just so many gaps in here and I have to remove them. It drives me fucking crazy. And it's good footage, too. Like, there's a bunch of places where I, like, try different girl voices and stuff. I'm just gonna edit this myself. It'll probably take, like, a day. Dedicated to it, but, uh, you know. So I've been doing premieres on YouTube, right? So, this is the quality of a premiere on YouTube. Look how big these pixels are in motion. Like, you can literally count the pixels. We go from like 1440p, 24k bitrate to 1080p, like 3k bitrate. It is brutal. I like the idea of having the chat and treating it like a live stream and people being able to talk and stuff. And if I do enough of them, people will stop being like, oh, is this live? Oh, no way, it's a premiere. Never mind. But the quality is just such a huge cut. Like just huge! It's not even normal 1080p quality. It's lower quality than Twitch streams. It's like Twitch like 10 years ago. The floods in Australia. This was specifically New South Wales near where I live. The floods are now over. So I was going to get my hair cut, but there's flooding in the region between me and my hairdresser. Apparently my hairdresser isn't underwater or something, but she's like, yeah, Maybe we should just do it next week or something and uh, you know, hope for the best the suburb that I Used to live in is experiencing flooding. I'm not sure if the house I used to live in is now underwater, but Fortunately, I'm not experiencing flooding here But I looked up like what are the odds of me experiencing flooding here? And it's like it's it's not impossible you know, I heard whippy the uh, role-playing GTA streamer that I uh, played GTA Guest with one time, if you recall, um, his house uh, got put underwater, which is a shame. At least he's, uh, he's safe, of course. My increased consumption of TikTok. My time is not evenly spread between YouTube and TikTok. I probably spend more time on YouTube, but when I'm on my phone, certainly more of my time is on TikTok, right? As in, what usually ends up happening is I'll go on YouTube, look for a video. If I don't find a video, I'll go to TikTok, watch a couple of TikToks, and then move back to YouTube. If, there, if I'm still in a position where I need something to watch. What's probably suffered the most for TikTok for me is probably Twitch. Because Twitch used to be that thing that I would go to whenever I couldn't find content on YouTube. But now that's become TikTok. One thing that's helping TikTok right now, though, is all the copyrighted material that they have on the platform. Because you can just be scrolling and like a a movie will come up and stuff, but that can't last forever. You can get full episodes of uh, Rick and Morty and shit on there. Why do I use Twitch to make YouTube videos? You could almost say that Twitch is just a bonus. As in like, I could make the same YouTube content, but just off stream a lot of the time. And I just wouldn't make any of the money that I get from doing the live stream. More than this, though, having an audience usually enriches content, either because there's interactions between me and the audience, or the audience has some suggestion that makes things better. The amount of times while recording facts and glitches where someone in chat's is like, uh, what if you try this? I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. And I try it and it leads to something good. You know, that, that happens all the time. If the type of content that you're recording is able to be done on Twitch, or during a live stream. You may as well do that during a live stream because you're either just going to get the value that comes from a live stream uh, viewership subs and all that stuff or the content itself is going to be enriched with our uh, audience participation My future and past Red Dead Redemption 2 playthrough Can I please play Red Dead Redemption 2? Red Dead Redemption 2 is on the list of things I will do Probably, you know eight months away, but Looking back at the uh the footage of my console playthrough of Red Dead Redemption 2 is not edited very good. It's, um, there's not enough lead-up to a lot of stuff. There's not enough context left in. It's uh, way too much clips as opposed to uh, um, presenting things in a way that's understandable for viewers. Uh, things were less rigorous back then. Be sure to like and subscribe, also leave a comment if you have something on your mind. My feed gives them to me from all over my channel, it doesn't matter how old the video is. I wish you all the best.